This is Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks, where a spirit board conversation sparked our spiritual evolution. I'm Shale. And I'm Cheyenne. And each week, we explore a world where there is much more than meets the eye. So pour yourself a drink and join us as we cheers to a witch in good time. Hey everyone, welcome back to Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks. We are so excited to be diving in more into season two. And today we have a very special guest that we are so freaking excited about. (laughs) Um, You can hear the giddy little giggles in our voices. We're just so excited that she has agreed to be on our show today. Um, I think she is a wealth of knowledge as somebody who has had the opportunity to learn from her before. And I am just so excited to dive into this topic of mediumship and spirit connection And we know that a lot of you out there are very interested as well. So who are we talking today? Talking to today, we are talking to Sterling Moon. She is a medium, tarot reader, and folk magic practitioner. And Sterling, we are so excited to have you on. If that isn't a triple threat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. I'm so excited to be here too. I'm over here grinning ear to ear like a a silly woman. We love silly women. Um, so before we dive in to the nitty gritty of mediumship, what are you drinking tonight? I made myself a fancy mocktail with strawberry kombucha, little CBD tincture, and Palo Santo Ooh. bitters in a fancy Ooh. glass with a yeah. stick, because why not? Yes. That I sounds phenomenal. That. You know, it's, I, yeah, I, I've been exploring the non-alcoholic options lately, and it's, it turns out there's quite a lot of really things to try. Yeah, Shale is actually training for a marathon right now. So she has been our cocktail oh. expert. So tonight, her and I are both drinking just a basic stripped-down virgin margarita, keeping it classic. Delicious. Well, we are going to have the most clear-headed conversation. Yes. Totally into it feel just as good as on nothing at all. Well, you know, it's funny. One of the things that I've realized in the past few months and, you know, we're, we'll, I know that we'll start talking a little bit more about like what mediumship is and things like that. But when you start really living that like spirit driven life, it turns out you get a lot of messages about things that you should maybe consider doing and things you should consider not doing. And the more that I expand the things that I'm offering a pretty clear message I was getting for six months was like you got to cut out booze because it's getting in the way and I I am from a drinking culture I am have traditionally been a whiskey girl <laughs> a beer girl and I two months ago I finally said okay I, I get it I'm listening I'm gonna give it a try and so it'll be oh, two yeah. months tomorrow something that I just never thought that I would I would, would do, you know, I'm not a heavy drinker, but um, yeah, I definitely got the message of like, you will be surprised at what happens if you just stop even what you're doing. And it's been pretty incredible. So yeah, yeah, thanks for sharing that. And I I know some of our listeners have also expressed gratitude to us. Like we love the fun vibe of the midnight marks, half of our title, but some people say, you know, we really do appreciate it because we're still allowed to feel welcome in this space because we have episodes where we don't participate in drinking all the time. We don't continue to push that on our audience ever. And so it is nice to have a good balance in that way. <laughs> it's nice to hear that the spirit Absolutely. world commends that for us. Has our back on that one. <laughs> 
Yeah, tur turns out, you know, but then sometimes there's also like, well, anyway, um, I'll probably, I'm sure I'll probably start babbling about ancestors that like booze and listening to spirits. Sometimes there are spirits that like spirits and you got to listen to that too. And so that's I a whole like, other conversation. I feel like I need that on a bumper sticker. Some spirits, spirits like spirits. Like spirits. <laughs> <laughs> Some spirits like spirits and you just got to, you know, and they won't leave you alone until you just, you know, pour them a little bourbon or gin or it is that they like. And so it's, it's a whole thing. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be that kind of a spirit where I'm just like, nope, I'm not going to do anything until you give me booze, period. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think probably that that sounds like a good plan for me as well. <laughs> All right. What do you got for us? All right, friends. This is not the sound that Shale knows and loves, but I don't think this deck likes being shuffled that way. But it's also a brand new deck, right? So that's why we got some stiff... It cards. <laughs> is a brand new deck. We are using yeah. the Eight Coins Tattoo Tarot today. It's by Lana Zellner for our listeners. She is a Missoula, Montana witch, which is where I am from. So we uh, Stan and Chill's got Montana roots too. So we definitely love to support our Montana witches. MT 408 406 406 My we have a ton of I will well, I know, I know Montana is kind of going through its own little interesting period mm -hmm. of affordability, but I, I love Montana so much. What's her girl yeah. over here? Yes. So she is a tattoo artist at Witch of the Woods Tattoo in Missoula, Montana. Look them up. They all do incredible work. This deck is kind of her journey from being an architect to a tattoo artist. And it is a really beautiful kind of process. You can really see how she grows as an artist throughout the deck. So yeah, you should look her up. We'll put all that info in the show notes. All good stuff. But if we all just take a nice collective inhale, ask for whatever we all need to hear for our collective good this week, and we'll go ahead and draw. Mm, all right. So we have drawn today the Four of Cups. Mm. Okay. So... I'm going to read from her book because I really like her book and I think she has delightful messages. And as you all know, I'm still learning tarot. So everything with a rim of salt and then Sterling can come and clean up my mess after. <laughs> so the Four of Cups reminds us that there is an entire world outside of our head. Sometimes life is hard and sometimes we are simply stuck in the mindset of believing that life is hard. Gifts and opportunities for self-improvement come our way every day. The four comes to us when we are stubbornly ignoring these blessings, choosing only to sulk in our own misery. A hand reaches out from the clouds and offers a vibrant purple and red flower to the viewer above. Instead of being met with gratitude, the hand is offered nothing but tears. Selfishly, the receiver of the gift sulks and weeps, only feeling sorry for herself. It's time to drop your self-centered attitude and open your heart to new opportunities. Stop feeling sorry for yourself and allow yourself to move forward. It's time to wake up. The universe is not against you. Stubbornly refusing to join in on life will not stop it from passing you by. Right now, you are the only thing holding you back from living the life you want. This deck has been reading me. <laughs> I'm a little shocked right now. <laughs> um, consistently. I had a feeling happened with this one. Um, I'm in that phase of life of transition and trying to really kind of end a chapter and begin a new one. And I feel like Shale's kind of in a similar mindset. And so that's kind of been our 
our vibe. We were just talking about how it's like, we feel like sometimes we need kind of that kick to, to get yeah. us out of a slump where we're maybe making more excuses for ourselves than we should be. And actually so, showing up and doing the work. It's I like feel, that procrastination of, you know, we need to set up Patreon. We need to set up Patreon. It'll take us 20 minutes to sit down and do it. But we've been talking about it for four weeks, you know, so. Yeah, I feel a little called out by the two. Yeah, I'm definitely feeling called out by that one. Um, <laughs> any thoughts from you, Sterling? Well, I think that that's, you know, that really covers most of what Four of Cups means to most of us. us. The only thing that I would offer is there, I, the, when, when I teach this card or when it comes up in readings, the way that I'll often describe it is, you know, it all kind of depends on who I'm reading for, right? Like some people really need that very blunt sure. kick in the ass of like, you need to quit, you know, feeling sorry for yourself and you need to quit taking life for granted. And, you know, like, structurally, you know, fours in the tarot are like stability, right? It's like the four corners of, you know, the foundation of a house and, or the, you know, the four sides of a, a box. And then you think about the cups, which are water and water is meant to be, you know, emblematic of our emotions and our relationships. Water likes to flow. Water doesn't like to be contained to a box. And so you put these things together and they bump heads, right? And so you have this, like, everything is technically restful and good, but you have this dissatisfaction. And so on the one hand, I always think of it as, yeah, you need to make sure that you're not being sulky and taking things for granted and not being grateful for what you have. But then for some people, like I've, I've seen this card sometimes come up in really unhappy relationships or where people are like slowly just there's their soul is dying in a job where everything like all their basic needs are met technically everything is good but they're fucking miserable and so that's another conversation where it's like if you aren't taking it for granted and you are truly unhappy your life is too precious to just sit there being unhappy so what are you waiting for so them, them, Cheyenne them. and I are sitting over here like dumbfounded because you could not have like described stuff in our lives like more to <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, the, the tarot knows. Always. They do, and they're blunt. They're not going to let you, like, skirt around it. <laughs> so funny. Okay, well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. We will be back, and we're going to just dive right into mediumship and everything that entails. So Sterling, we were thinking maybe we could just talk through a mediumship 101. Like what, what is a medium? What does it mean to be a medium? Which as I'm saying that out loud, seems like it could even be a pretty complex question in and of itself. But, you know, for somebody who might not be aware of what you do, what, what does that look like? Well, I think, you know, it really, a lot of that sometimes depends on like cultural, you know, perspectives and things like that. The way that I've come into mediumship and identifying, you know, kind of sharing what I'm able to do as a medium is it's about someone who picks up on what is in between. So literally, I am somebody who picks up on what is in between worlds. You know, there's, there's different ways of thinking about it. I think that mediumship can apply to divination, like tarot, like you know, any kind of like the div divination tools that we all use. I mean, there's, it's not so much about the tools, like the lovely eight coins, you know, tattoo tarot. 
it's a freaking beautiful deck and it, the, the images carry power and the you know historical meanings of the cards that are interpreted by the artists that all carries power but at the end of the day they are pretty pictures on pieces of paper and it's you who is the one that is divining and is able to pick up on what's in between you and these pretty you know pretty pictures on pieces of paper i've been studying for a little over a year from with a teacher who is in Sweden, Sweden, and he is a trolldom practitioner. And so the like the term that he would use for what I'm able to do is that he would call me a velva. And that is somebody, a seeress or a prophetess, which that's not just a Swedish term, it's also, you know, Germanic Europe. And so that would be someone who is literally able to predict the future. So it's all kind of depends on context and and you can get, you can really, I can really nerd out on this, but in uh, what I think that you all are most interested in is my area of, I guess, expertise or what I focus on, which is communicating with spirits who have passed on, communicating with spirits of the dead, spirits of the natural world. You know, sometimes that can involve like, you know, low spirits that there's that, that's a whole other conversation there. No, <laughs> I just get too we're just right out intrigued all the hard part is picking the right thread to follow um no you're great so I guess maybe a question then would be what does what does it look like for you then like a typical (laughs) typical day in the life (laughs) a typical day in the life well it depends on what the client needs right and so a lot of people will still come to me for for good old-fashioned tarot readings I mean I started reading tarot in 1995 I was a teenager a friend's sister um Maria Cardona, if you ever happen to hear this, your sister Andrea changed my life. You know, my friend Andrea, you know, big sister Andrea gave me a Smith Rider weight deck from like the seventies and said, I think that you, you need this. And, you know, I bring it home and I show my mom and she was awesome. And this was like, you know, 1995 in White, Laramie, Wyoming, out in the country, not even in town. So there was no internet there. I mean, I think we might've had dial up, but you know, it's, there weren't a lot of resources. So my mom like went down to the local bookstore and got me, you know, a book that in retrospect, it wasn't the best one, but it gave me a start. And so, um, so that's still a big chunk of what I do. So when people come to me for tarot readings, a lot of it is like, you know, I always call it circling up, grounding, figuring out what it is that they need, always calling in highest spiritual guides and teachers, ancestors and loved ones who, you know, have, who look out for this person and who have their highest values in, in mind and also the person's highest self. And so that kind of just creates that little open door for spirit to communicate with me. And I use, I use my cards as a tool. Now, a lot of the time it's, it's, it's getting harder and harder to kind of keep the doors separate because it's becoming more and more common for those ancestors and loved ones and spirit guides and, and things to kind of knock on the door and, and want to be invited to the party. And if that client is open to it, we make a little space for that. Now I do have since the beginning of this year, and this was like the full fledged coming out of the broom closet. I mean, I feel like tarot was kind of like the, you know, the dipping my, you know, getting into the the shallow end of the pool. And then the stuff I've been really offering since the beginning of this year has just been a little bit more. Um, it's, it's just <laughs> kind of upped the ante. <laughs> for me personally. And so that is like doing actual spirit contact sessions with clients. And so that is working one-on-one with people who 
have a specific person that they want to connect with. Now, sometimes it's people who they may not have known in life. Like it might be that they have an ancestor that they just feel their presence and they really want to get to know this, this individual better. Um, and off, but most of the time it is people who they want to connect with someone that they've lost, whether it's a grand, you know, grandparent, a spouse or a child that has died. And so, you know, my background is also my professional background outside of, you know, this type of work is I've worked with people who've experienced trauma for almost 20 years. And I have a trauma history myself that I've worked very hard to kind of like heal from, learn from even though that's always an ongoing process. And so I think that that also serves me because I'm able to, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with grief. Tears don't upset me or freak me out. And, um, and I think some sensitivity to trauma and people's vulnerability with particularly the spirit contact sessions is very important to me because I see the potential for I, I see the potential for, you know, fraud and people to have harm done to them. And so I take those sessions so seriously. It's, it's an incredible honor to be able to do that work with people. And then there's the other stuff, which is like doing straight up spell work consultations with people and either showing them, you know, working with them on how they can, you know, do spell work based on the traditions that I am familiar with, you know, how they can do spell work for themselves or literally being like a witch for hire and doing spell I love work that. Somebody else's behalf. So those are, those, yeah, that's amazing. And so, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to actually learn from you in one of your courses on mediumship. Um, and I remember something that really stuck with me was your passion for storytelling and how that is so incorporated into the practice that you do. Um, I'd love for you to talk more about that and, and why storytelling mm-hmm. is so important in what you do. Oh man. Well, number mm-hmm. one, everyone loves a good ghost story, right? And that is just, I just always think about <laughs> back back in the olden days and there's not a lot of things and there's not a lot of great I mean there's there's some things that are really good that we've moved moved on from but I think that there is something about just the yarns that people used to tell and I in my family my stepdad's a real character and he um he's lived and worked in like 48 different countries and you name a country or a situation I mean and he'll like we went to the zoo one time and he's just like oh you know points at us spider and he's like when I was in Botswana you know and so he'll just like sitting around the dinner table drinking wine and telling stories is like a part of my family and and everyone loves a good ghost story about the this time last year when you know the world shut down I remember one of the things that I did that people still tell me was appreciated was and I appreciated people even showing up for it was reading ghost stories I did that, I think, every Thursday in March or April of last year. We would just hop on Instagram Live and I'd read ghost stories and it was just this real special thing. And so, yeah, it's just, and it also, it just fits in really well too with like talking about mediumship and talking about that type of work because it's always, it's, it makes it way more entertaining when you can have an example. So, I've got a couple yes, of I was just about to say, do you have a good story for us? <laughs> I got a, I got a pretty funny one that's from a few a few weeks ago. So I had a, a reading and I don't get too many readings for myself and there's really only a couple readers that I feel completely comfortable with. And so I was getting a reading with one of my faves, um, Marcella Kroll. She's incredible. She's the author of the Sacred Symbols Oracle deck and she's a tarot deck and she's just she's <laughs> wonderful. And um, so I was having this reading with Marcella and we get started and there's a 
like this, I don't, it was like a crackle or a bang or something at the back of the room that she's in. And she says, what is that? That was, I am in the back of this area. There's no one who could come back here. That was a spirit <laughs> noise. And I'm like, well, welcome to my world. And, um, and so, you know, we start going through it and she starts describing this ancestor and, you know, gets very, very clear images of who this individual is and the part of the world. And at this point I had been doing a lot of you know, healing work and starting to communicate with the ancestors on my father's side. My dad was, um, his mother was Romanian and the, his grandparents. So my great grandparents had come directly from Romania. And I, I just really had been starting to connect with particularly my great grandparents and doing some good healing work with that side of my family. And this is definitely somebody who was from that area. So she gives me this, this tip that I see that you need to make her a meal and you need to talk with her. And I'm seeing this really clear image of these potatoes, like these potatoes that you've got to cook and sit with her and have this meal. So it takes me a couple of weeks. And, you know, over, you know, over this time, I start, you know, kind of doing a little bit of my own spirit communication. And, you know, I get, I, I remember at one point I got a word that I looked it up and it was a town in like where Hungary was, but she was letting me know that this was prior to where you know, this was prior to probably like the boundaries of Hungary even being a thing. So I get a name from her, all this stuff. So one morning I decide I'm going to make, I'm going to make this woman these potatoes. Like we're really feeling it. So I go into the kitchen and I kind of like, and I do a lot of like kitchen witchery. I like pray over my food. I, you know, try to wake up the herbs and the salt and everything when I'm, when I'm cooking. And I really do think that there, it makes a big difference in the, the food that I, I make for myself and my family. So I'm, I kind of call her in and she's helping me and kind of like picking, I'm picking out all these spices and I'm kind of just going with what I'm, what I'm sensing and hearing and feeling. And I get done <laughs> with it and it is not good. It like, it's, it's, it's bitter and it kind of smells like it was like too much paprika and like the, and it had like time and it just was like, it wasn't good. And so I'm sitting here going, oh my goodness, I can't, but she seems pleased. And then I hear this male voice in one of my ears that says, it's okay. She oh never my gosh. <laughs> so that's my, that's my new, that my is new favorite ancestor. How funny. I love that. Well, we're <laughs> Idaho girls too. So we love a good potato story. Right. <laughs> Oh, there you go. My husband, who I always call Mr. Oh, Moon, nice. from Very Falls, cool. That's where my husband's family is all from. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's so anyway. funny too, because I think those kind of stories like that um, are important too, because I think when people talk about things like mediumship, and I think this is largely due to pop culture and society in general, but it tends to be dark and scary and doom and gloom, right? That you're receive messages and you don't know who's mm -hmm. coming through and all of that. And so it's fun to hear stories like that of, you know, your ancestors having a good time with you and maybe not being the best cooks in the world. We can all relate to that. So, you know, I think we all have that family member where it's like, they make it with a lot of, yep. I'm picturing a very good. blackened ham <laughs> at a Christmas one year that my mom put tons of love into, but man, <laughs> it did not come back out. <laughs> Um, that vein of, of that kind of pop culture view, that horror lens that a lot of people tend to view this type of work through. 
what does like what does protecting yourself look like? How do people do this in a manner that is safe? Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess kind of how do how do people not mess with things they shouldn't mess with? <laughs> Well, I think a lot of it, and I will say that I'm like, I think I've done everything wrong, you know, because I I've had these gifts since childhood. I think most people, I think everybody has the abilities to do this stuff, but I think that some of us just come into the world with it a little bit more turned up. And I, you know, I, I had, I really struggled to find a mentor to help me with this and I really needed help. I mean, so what I was doing was what I would not (laughs) recommend. And I've, talked about this publicly is, you know, I mean, I would go out to like haunted locations and I would try to provoke the spirits that were there and I would not protect myself. I wouldn't ground myself. I wasn't clearing my, you know, myself before I would come home. And, and that led to all kinds of like, not great things. And so what I have learned now, and, you know, and I really have to credit my teacher, Johannes, and just the, the clients that let me, you know, continue to work with them. And just, I mean, i practice every every single day is, you know, one of the very first lesson that I had to learn was discretion. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is really being able to recognize what it, what do I feel like when there are literally no spirits around me? when I have zero, because one of the things that can happen is like spirits can attach to us and they can, you know, even ones that are benign and most of them are benign, they can influence our thoughts. They can influence our feelings. And, you know, it's just, it's just because we have somebody else's energy that's kind of attached to us. And that that's bound to kind of, that's bound to like have an impact on us. So one of the very, you know, I think one of the things that I always encourage people to practice is, and this is the most simple thing in the world that you can do is like, especially if you are sensitive and you know that, you know, maybe you live in a house that has a spirit and it bothers you when you are sleeping or bothers you when you are in a particular room and you just want some, you know, (laughs) some quiet, you know, you say, say, you know, my name is, you know, my name is Sterling Moon. I claim this space as my own. I want all spirits and entities that are here to leave now and I say that until it happens and you will notice a shift and then you know you can always say I will invite you back when I feel ready um but it's a way to always like and I also always remind people that you've got the upper hand because you're (laughs) alive so when you start to feel too freaked out I think I gave this example in the class that you came to is what if you start to feel like rattled or like something is trying to scare you pick up a and take a sip and take a moment because you have the ability to pick up that glass of water and whatever it is that's bothering you doesn't. Um, So those are just some things to keep, you know, little things to to try, things to keep in mind. But in general, you know, I, I think the most simple technique that I always teach people is to just start by like taking some breaths, releasing any energy that you have with you and then envisioning a bright, protective circle of light around you. Um, doesn't matter what color it is. And all that does, you know, kind of think about it going over your head, under your feet, you know, surrounding you like a bubble. And that just creates just a little, a little energy field. Then do whatever it is you're going to do, you know, whether that's divination, talking with spirits, whatever. And then when you're done, you know, thank whatever it is that you have spoken with and ask it to leave. And then release your, release your bubble 
and then have some kind of a cleansing technique or like a ritual that works for you. I'm a big fan of visualizations. They work very, very well for me. But like a common thing that I'll do after all of my readings or sessions is I, you know, I spritz myself with a little Florida water and then I just envision like either a really bright, bright, bright light that just comes down from the heavens and swooshes through my body and what, you know, washes everything that's not mine away. Um, or I'll envision myself under like an ice cold waterfall. Um, and those, you know, those things tend to tend to work. And then there's kind of like more regular stuff that I think everyone should do like spirit, you know, cleansing baths and um, there's all kinds of stuff you can do for like spiritual hygiene. Spiritual hygiene. I love that term. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's another good stopping point to send the last link. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Sorry, guys. I'm talking. I have a lot to no, say. That's, no, that's what we're looking for. You're doing great. Perfect. This is literally the time is flying by. We might have to scooch this one a little. <laughs> <laughs> so many questions. Uh, well, I'll, I'll try to maybe like shorten it up so you can ask more too. <laughs> You're doing great, Sterling. We appreciate it. Yeah, I'll let you ask the bullshit question. Hello, who's asking bullshit questions? <laughs> That's so funny. It'll make more sense when we actually ask. <laughs> That's okay. You can <clears throat> you can ask me any bullshit that you want, and I will happily answer. <laughs> I'm dying because like just walking in that conversation. It's so <laughs> you ask her the bullshit question. <laughs> All right. So something Sterling that you are known for, or like have said a lot that I've noticed both in your classes and um, just kind of seeing you online and all of that is you do have this kind of balance of saying, you know, all of this could be bullshit. And I'm mm -hmm. very intrigued by that because mediumship and tarot reading and the woo <laughs> and everything that we love is so much a part of your life too. But I'm so intrigued by the fact that you do ask yourself that question. And so I would love for you to talk more about, about that, like what, what that does in your practice. <clears throat> this is the bullshit question. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I think that if you are doing this type of work and you are not approaching it with at least a little bit of skepticism, that is a red flag because I, and I think some of it is, um, I don't like using the C word too often, but I mean, I question, I mean, for a long time, I would question myself, like, is this real or am I crazy? And I just think that it lends itself to better readings and to better spiritual interactions. If, if you take a beat to realize, is this is this a genuine experience am I, that I'm having or could this be related to something else, particularly with like ghost encounters? And I always, um, you know, some of the examples and I, I've talked a lot about them in like, you know, my classes and I, I wrote a little zine that, that has some of these stories. But I think that like, particularly if you have like a spooky encounter or you think you've picked up something on like a video camera or in like a, a, a recording, you always want to start with like, okay, what could this have possibly come from? And I've had some good, you know, times where I really thought that I, I had like 
confirmed, confirmed beyond a reasonable doubt of like the existence of life after death. And then it turns out like, no, there's just like a light bulb that needs to be changed. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, yeah, I know that that's, I, I got stories for days on this one, but I just think that every spiritual person should always, and that includes the, you know, folks that are coming maybe from like a, you know, traditional religious background as well it's always good to just check yourself and question it doesn't mean that your faith isn't real if you have a moment of just asking could this death possibly be attributed to something else yeah absolutely do you have advice for people because I know I'm definitely one of those like ghost hunter freaks that like Mm -hmm. loves this kind of stuff and so Mm -hmm. it's really easy for me to get excited about the potential of the paranormal. Do you have advice for people like the shales of the world that are like, that's definitely a ghost when it might be just your electrical circuit short circuiting or something. Yeah. Well, and I mean the shales and the sterlings mm-hmm. of the world, right? Like I remember I was at this, um, this conference in DC in 2019 or was it the beginning of 2020? No, it was 2019. It was this like really fancy DC hotel that was like built in the thirties. And it's got all this like great history. And I kept having, you know, and I just like, you know, would get that feeling like someone's watching me. And I have a lot of interesting experiences in hotel rooms. And when I travel in in general already, but um, there was this motion detector light in my closet that kept going on. And, you know, scared the <laughs> shit out of me. And I, you know, and I'm like sitting there and the light, you know, the closet's closed and it just, I keep seeing the light come on under the door and I'm just, you know, and like, you know how it is, like your hair stands on end and you're like, oh my God, there's a ghost. But I, you know, told myself, okay, Sterling, go, you know, put on your big girl pants and pull a chair into the closet and take a look around and, you know, making sure there's no dust or spiders or loose wires. There was some um, construction going on in the building, but not in the area that I was in. By the time I got done with that place, I was like, yeah, this place is <laughs> but I was able to feel more confident in that assessment because I had taken just a couple minutes to be like, okay, let me just check a couple things. So just check a couple things. And sometimes you, you, you all have heard my story probably about what happened to me at like the haunted office. Did I, I, it, is that the that one with class? the toaster or like it had a dial thing? Yeah. The toaster. <laughs> yeah. So the real quick version is I, I work in this office building. It's like this not super fancy, you know, it was probably, it, it's not a place you would think is haunted. And all of us think that it probably is. And I had this experience where a toaster went off when I was there alone and I was totally convinced that it was a ghost. And um, I'm like, and I had told the story. I told my mom, I told my husband when I got home, like it's just turning into this big whopper of a story. And so I get to the office on Monday and I'm just like telling my coworkers and it's gotten to be very, a very big story at this point. And finally my boss, you know, just says, Sterling, the toaster, the toaster won't turn on unless you, unless you turn the dial for the timer. Like it was just this thing where she just completely like popped <laughs> the balloon of my, my zealousness. And it's still one of my favorite stories to tell because it's so funny. And I just felt like <laughs> such an ass. So, you know, it's, it's just good to check yourself. Yeah, we talk about that a lot too, of just that, that culture of always learning and, and always asking questions and, and just like also remembering to trust yourself a little bit too. 
in in that oh yeah oh. in those queries and that questioning and the curiosity because I'm I am one of the shales and sterlings of the world in the sense that I will get completely absorbed and sucked down this rabbit hole really quickly, but because I am a Cheyenne, I'm also terrified immediately. <laughs> and so I try to do everything I can to be like, wait, no, okay. It's not happening. Like, I'm not really here. I'm not really here. Um, and so it's a nice, a nice balance. <laughs> oh. Well, and another way to think about it too is, you know, it's not just questioning, is this real or is it not? But it's also questioning too. And I think this is to your point earlier about the, like the horror movie vibe around mediumship and, and, you know, communicating with spirits of the dead is that, you know, there is sometimes the chance and you do sometimes have spirits that will mask, you know, they will try to pretend that they are something, um, someone familiar to you or present as an angel. Like I do a lot of, um, angels are very important in my, my personal practice. And so like, you want to be real careful of like, angels or like, you know, benevolent beings. And this is not meant to scare anyone, but it's just about like taking a minute to, um, and I'll tell you, if you go down this work and start to practice spirit communication, a really helpful question to ask anyone that you come in contact with is tell me my name. Meaning like if I'm talking with a spirit, I'll say, tell me my name. And if they can't recite back to me my full name and they are pretend and they are claiming to be my grandma, we have a problem. (laughs) So, and then there's, and then there's things that you can do to like, most spirits are easy to, you know, get them to, to move, move along. It's, it's not difficult once you, once you, you, you have the hang of it. Um, so that's another part of it too, where it's not just about like debunking. It's also just about making sure that you're communicating with who you intended to communicate with. Yeah. With tarot, that's another example, you know, just um, like if you are having a really, really bad day and you sit down to do your cards and you maybe haven't done you know, a little clearing of that energy and reaching a place of neutral, you might just get your cards reflecting back to you, your worst nightmares and being able to pump the brakes and say, wait a minute, is this an accurate reading? Or am I maybe just a little too elevated to be doing this reading right now? And so, so I don't know, it's kind of like a, a varied, um, check yourself in, in several different ways. Yeah. So it sounds like having that self-awareness is, is really key. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So backing up a little bit to baby Sterling then, <laughs> um, you know, we, we come at this with that. It could all be bullshit, but also what if it's not? And so I guess I'm curious kind of when was it that first tarot deck that you got that started you really, you know, thinking that things that were happening to you were legitimate Um, Was there something that kind of pushed you along that path a little more aggressively? Well, I think that, you know, in terms of like, you know, baby Sterling, that little (laughs) sweet little weirdo that I was, um, you know, my mom will tell a story about how when she was pregnant with me and like my parents, we, I was born in, um, my parents lived in Alt, Colorado, which is like way the fuck out in Weld County. Like it is in the country. Um, in Colorado. And so um, my mom was like, you know, out in the middle of, you know, this little tiny, I mean, the middle of nowhere, my dad is like off working at a ranch and there's no one around for miles. And she was laying there and she was pregnant with me. And she saw this like shadow of a cowboy just go walking across 
the, it was just a shadow. Like he was just like, you know, walking in front of the window and it didn't scare her or anything, but she got up and there's no one there. And so she always, you know, points back to that. And my mother has, has gifts like this too. She's done different things with them than I have. But um, so I'm, I, these are kind of hereditary gifts that we have. So really it's just been like when I was really little, you know, I remember going to Girl Scout camp in Angel Fire and like being six years old and seeing fairies, you know, at night flying around this little tent and just being this little six-year-old girl that was like watching this little light that was just flying ar around and, you know, no one could see it but me, you know, and of course that sounds a little crazy, but for me, I was like, I was six and I know what I saw. And so I just kind of always would have these experiences. And I think by the time I hit middle school, I realized, you know, I always had kind of like other weirdo friends that were totally <laughs> willing to like go there with me. But I also started to get really clear that there were, you know, I didn't talk about this with everyone. And I had some more judgmental family members. And, you know, my grandmother was very open in some ways, but I think I had other family members that would kind of try to like, you know, poison the well a little bit, um, especially when I started reading tarot. I mean, that was, I remember I had a, an aunt that we don't speak to anymore that, you know, kind of was, was saying disparaging things because I was reading tarot and my mom was like, you know, encouraging me or at least not shutting me down. And so I think a lot of it was like, you know, my mother being very open, like when I would feel something or something would strike me, you know, she would just, you know, kind of say, tell me, tell me more about that. And so, um, you know, the tarot, I just kind of kept doing that, but I didn't really, and I would just, you know, I always had experiences, but they just, there was no thread. And then I started reading professionally um, and teaching in 2013. And the longer I do it, it's like the more doors keep opening. And I think it was in 2017 where I was, I was realizing I was having a lot of experiences my husband and I lived in this just haunted haunted townhouse when we first moved to Denver in 2010 and the poor guy I mean he got it way worse he had it way worse than I did and it was a very unpleasant experience but um and so that was also like a, a big impetus of like I want to learn what to do with this because I don't like feeling like I don't have any control I don't feel I don't like feeling that I can be accosted at any moment and so that was actually like a big part of my like Initially, it was just wanting to kind of take control of my life and, and set some boundaries. And then I kind of turned into a little bit of an asshole where I'm like going around provoking spirits. Like, I know that you're there and I know that, you know, I know that you know that I know, um, which <laughs> led to other problems. And then I, you know, I found my mentor, Johannes, and then that just started leave it leading to like other opportunities. It's, I, I talk a lot with clients about follow the breadcrumbs. You know, it's like, you know, you just follow the breadcrumbs of your life and one open door begets another open door. And it's, I don't know where the heck this is all leading at this point. It's all very interesting. So I'm curious about the mentor that you have found and um, like his connection to mm -hmm. Swedish culture. He's from Sweden, correct? Yeah. And so is that something that's yeah. part of your lineage and, and what... I know, I know, especially in the more Nordic country or Norse countries, um, there's a lot of kind of those mm -hmm. pagan roots and mysticism and all of that. And so what does this look like over there? And, and what have you brought into your own practice from, from that culture? Well, you know, a lot of it, I am not, as far as I know, I do not have Swedish roots. My husband is half Swedish. 
And so my son is also, you know, my son also is, you know, that this is a part of his culture and history, which is interesting to me. You know, the, the farthest north, I do have some um, ancestors that are from that Denmark area. And there's a lot of, um, you know, my mentor has talked about, there are a lot of similarities between kind of folk magic in, you know, Sweden and Scandinavia and with like the conjure practices that have evolved here in the United States, or if you, there's, or the cunning, the practices of the cunning folk in, in Europe, which I definitely feel connected with. And that's where a lot of my ancestry is, or, you know, folk magic practices in, in, you know, the Slavic countries, which is another part of my heritage. So I won't go too deep into um, specific practices because I don't feel like those are mine to share. Um, but the things that definitely, you know, uh, the things that my mentor has, has taught me is just the ability, the, the building blocks of speaking with spirits of the dead. And there, of course, there's, you know, um, some of the traditions of like just building spell work, um, divination practices. But a lot of what we work on, I work on with him is training the mind. Because again, like we were talking about with like tarot decks, they're pretty pictures on pieces of paper. They are reinforcements is something that he likes to say a lot. Um, and so those reinforcements are there to support you and enhance what you already have. But like the magic is within every one of us. And so what I think I'm getting the most from my lessons with him is just re realizing how much potential we have. I mean, if you think about like, I mean, I am not a science-y, I love, science is amazing, but I am not like, <laughs> I don't understand a ton of scientific things, but I do know that we, you know, we, we don't use a large part of our brain. And so sometimes I just think about like all the things that are, what is the potential that's there? And, you know, learning how to train your mind to access things that can't be seen with the eyes, you know, it's just, it's just fascinating to see yeah. where this can go. That could be a whole nother two hour long podcast in totally and of itself. <laughs> um, but I, I want to touch on kind of that, that stripped down more, more basic on a personal level, ancestral work. If people are trying specifically to, you know, connect to their own guides a little bit more. Um, a lot of our listeners are new to the craft. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of what, what advice would you have for people who are just trying to maybe kind of open that veil a little bit wider and kind of tap into those, their own intuition? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have to give so much credit to, you know, Loretta Ledesma and she goes by the death witch on Instagram and all of the elders that have taught the past few years at the mile high conjugala. You can also find them on Instagram. Um, that was really where I first got my, that, that's where I got my first introduction to ancestor work beyond kind of like the, the family that I just knew about. And so, um, if you ever have the chance to go to the Conjure Gala, please, please, please treat yourself to it because you will not be disappointed, but the basic ancestor altar. And again, that's just a way to, for, for people who are brand new to this, think about how you have family that goes <laughs> back to the beginning of time and their DNA, their everything that you are literally standing on their shoulders, the ones that were maybe, you know, their, their DNA runs in your DNA and they care about your well-being. 
Now, granted, a lot of them, just because we die doesn't mean that we become angels and we become these, like, you know, we, we, we lose all of maybe our less flattering character flaws. Um, those, so that means biases, stereotypes, old beliefs. Um, our ancestors still have, you know, so many of them are still working through those. And so, you know, they are, your ancestors might be trying to help you, but maybe they're doing it with kind of old school beliefs and you might need to talk with them about what your belief systems are and things like that. But the basic thing that you can do is just have a glass of water on a, on a shelf that is not in your bedroom. Um, you don't think about it this way. You don't want grandma and grandpa to see you doing no, things no. <laughs> in the bedroom. That's, that's like the easiest way to think about it. <laughs> and, um, so have it maybe like somewhere in the heart of your home, glass of water to refresh them and also to act as a conduit. I always have a glass of water with my, with my sessions. It just helps um, a candle to help light their way. Some practitioners will have a mirror um, and that is, you know, to help remind people like spirits when they cross over that they look in the mirror and they remember that they have passed. Um, and you can have pictures, never have the pictures of people who are living on that altar, unless you know, <laughs> you're trying to get them to cross over. Um, don't share altars with people that you do not share blood with. Like, you know, if you have like a boyfriend, it's, it's generally advised, like it's a traditional way that you wouldn't necessarily want to have like a shared altar because your families might not like each other and they might not see that, you know, but you know, if you have a child together, your ancestry has blended in that way. Um, and then just most importantly, talk to them talk to them like they are living and you can start with the ones that you knew in life or ones that you have information about. But you know, every night when I go to bed, I mean, I go to my altar and I, I thank my family and I just say that I'm opportunities and challenges and strengths that if, if it weren't for them, I wouldn't be standing here. And I thank my husband's family because if, if it weren't for them, I wouldn't have my husband and I wouldn't have my son and, and also feed them, you know, it doesn't, you don't want to give them huge portions. Um, some practitioners will even say, give them like little chipped cups and things like that, but like a little coffee, if that's what it's, and you'll get, you, and you have to listen because you'll get senses of what they like. You know, again, like we talked about some spirits <laughs> like spirits, you might realize that some, you know, some of them want a little whiskey and then some of them might not like that at all. And, but give, you know, little coffee, maybe a little bit of food, sit and have a meal with them, listen. You can ask spirits to speak to you through tools. So if you're a tarot reader, you can you know, be like, would you maybe speak to me through a card that I pull? That would be the very, very basics of ancestors. That's so beautiful. And that's something I think I'm going to take a lot of those tips. And it's funny that you mentioned coffee because I know that's something every Samhain that I put out for my grandfather, he loved coffee and he called it coffee and chocolate, but it was literally just like Nesquik jumped <laughs> into his coffee. Um, so, so the final question I have, and it might be kind of a very complex one, um, but, and I know this is really just based on your experience, but what do you, Sterling Moon, mm -hmm. what do you think happens after we die? Well, <laughs> well, you know, what I think based on what I have seen is that some of it is dependent on the person's willingness to go and your level of fear that you have before you go. 
I think that there are spirits and especially the ones that maybe we experience in haunted locations. You know, sometimes what we, we perceive are, you know, more low level, like maybe nature spirits that have kind of lost their way or human spirits that have stayed too long because they're scared of what's gonna wait for them on the other side. Sometimes you have imprints of like very highly charged emotional like stuff. So like, those are some of like the things that I see with hauntings. But I do think that sometimes the, the, the places that get the, you know, the, the, the reputation for being really haunted are often inhabited by spirits that are, at the end of the day, they're scared to move on. And then they get lost and it's a whole other thing, which, you know, that's, this is just my perception, <laughs> my, my experience. I, when I have done mediumship sessions for people who have loved ones, and, you know, especially when you want to like know, you know, it's, it's a common question, like, why don't they come to visit me? And a comment that I often will get back is, you know, from spirit is, you know, I, I feel like I just left, you know, it's not like we, I remember one, one time a, a spirit told me, you know, we, it's not, it's not like we have no. calendars over here. And what I have gotten is that we have work to do, um, that there is like a reckoning and, you know, and again, this is like, I tried the where the skepticism comes in. I'm just like, do I feel like I've heard this before? And now like my own brain and psyche is reinforcing it. But like, you know, I, I read a lot about this stuff too. And it seems like there is a theme um, from a lot of folks that do what I do or who have researched this or that we, we have to do kind of an accounting of, did we accomplish the things that we were supposed to do in this life? I do believe that we come here for reasons we come here with like kind of a general roadmap um, and that we get to really kind of take a look at how we impacted people, both in the good ways, maybe the not helpful ways, ways maybe we weren't even aware of. And, you know, that there's, I remember I had one spirit one time that told me there's homework <laughs> here. And, and we do have, and I do think that there are some of us that we kind of like have to come back because we didn't maybe do that great of a job, but I think we get a lot of time. You know, again, time is not a thing that I think exists in the same way on the other side. Um, I think we get a choice of like where we, where we come back, when we come back. And I think that some of us also maybe get the opportunity to stay, to also um, be one of the things that I do when I call in spirits and when I um, work with clients who want to speak to a particular loved one is I don't just call in that spirit. I also call in their highest guide and teacher on the other side to support them when they come through because spirit sometimes is not, you know, they miss their loved ones and maybe they feel bad for not checking in more, you know, whatever. And I also call in the guides of the person that I'm doing the reading for. So like everyone kind of has support you know, so I think that we also maybe have the opportunity to ascend to the level of teacher and supporter and guide and who fucking knows <laughs> what happens after that. You know, I might, and, and you know, I'm, we all might close our eyes and it's lights out, but the way that I look at it is I'm having way too much fun believing this other stuff and right. what harm is it causing? Yeah. Like what harm Absolutely. <laughs> That's a good answer. That was a heavy question. I didn't <laughs> Just see that one coming. We coming at the end. <laughs> Pulling them out. I like it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely, I have loved all of this. This conversation has been wonderful. And I think our listeners are really going to get a lot of 
value here. Um, something I um, want to make sure we ask you is where can people find you? How, um, how can people, you know, access your services? Do you have anything coming up in the future that you want to plug? Yeah. So I, my website is sterlingmoontarot.com and I'm on Instagram at sterlingmoontarot.com or at sterlingmoontarot.com, <laughs> just at sterlingmoontarot. I'm getting tired apparently. Those are the best places to kind of keep in touch with me. I read at um, a wonderful metaphysical shop called Ritual Craft once a month. And um, usually the first, uh, it's kind of like usually the first or second Sunday per month. I do, I offer virtual readings, spell work consultations and spirit contact sessions through my website. And I, because this is, you know, this is a very, very important part of my life. And it's also just one of my jobs. <laughs> um, I, I do get booked out pretty, pretty quickly. So I'm usually booked out about two months in advance. And the thing that I have coming up that I'm very excited about is I'm going to be taking on a group of eight students um, for something that I'm calling the Sterling Moon <laughs> Prophecy Posse. And the, uh, the application will be available April 12th. I'm going to be taking students that want to learn tarot, channeling, cleansing, but also um, basically lose, learn the fundamentals of divination using tarot as a tool. But then we will get to a point where we start learning how to divine using something else. And like taking those that, that foundation that's going to be built with tarot, but folks are going to have to learn how to, I mean, I always use the example of like, I've read pocket change before oh, cool. when I've been in a pinch. And so, um, so that's going to be pretty fun. And yeah, I think those are the, I think those are the big. Also to all of our listeners, about. Sterling is a phenomenal writer and the zine that she mentioned earlier, will definitely link in our show notes because it's a favorite of mine. But Sterling, this has been absolutely wonderful. Uh, Cheyenne and I are just geeking out because we just admire you so much. And we're so excited to have you on the show. And we just, we can't thank you enough. And we're so grateful for your time. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was, um, this was really, really nice. And I don't get to talk about this stuff to a lot of people. So um, awesome. Well, hopefully our little OBMM too. fam can come give you some love. We recommend that you all do. And uh, yeah, anytime you want to, come talk woo and weird stuff come on over to our side <laughs> we're happy fine. to <laughs> oh man oh man you'll never get rid of me right, well thank you so much sterling cheers and have a good evening to you too have a we'll, yes. we'll talk soon bye okay so much to unpack there are we doing an outro yes because we need a perwitchin slit oh fuck I was like, I feel like there's something we're forgetting at the end. There is, but I haven't. Your Perwitchin slip today, my friends, was given to us about 30 minutes ago from our lovely guest, and it is to follow the breadcrumbs. Mm. I'm just going to leave it at that. Oh, I just got kind of Mic drop. That was good. <laughs> follow your breadcrumbs. Um, all of Sterling's information will be linked in the show notes. Look her up. Book her. Get a tarot reading have help with your haunted attic but if those breadcrumbs lead to a house made out of candy in the middle of the woods maybe don't follow those ones that was a little hansel and gretel joke for you i appreciate a hansel and gretel <laughs> joke but i spe 
specifically, it is my dream to have a playhouse in my backyard for all of my nieces and nephews and friends' children to come and play with. And I want it to look like a gingerbread house. I want a gingerbread house. Well, the difference between you and and the person in the Hansel and Gretel story is I hope you won't put your nieces and nephews in the oven. (laughs) Sometimes they're snotty. No, that's not true. They're always adorable. Boys, go to bed. (laughs) All right. We love you all. Hope you're enjoying season two so far. And we've got much more loveliness coming. And we're so grateful for you all. Cheers. Cheers, witches. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks. If you're having a witching good time, we hope you'll help us to grow this little coven. You all know it's us against AI in this algorithm e algorithm world, so please help us out. Please like, rate, and subscribe anywhere you're listening to us. Also, we want to connect with our spooky, Marg-loving friends out there, so please like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Links for those profiles will be in the show notes. And hey, be sure to tell us what you're drinking tonight. We love you all so much, witches. Cheers.